Put my hair in a bun. What's up, IG? Welcome to episode two of Antagonistic America, a new podcast from your boy, the uh, the one, the only Gerard Michaels. Over there in the audio booth, we have producer Ming. What's up, everybody? That's that's the energy we're looking for. Oh man, if you're here, episode two, after that that lackluster introduction episode of episode one, I want to thank you and give you all of my my hugs and kisses and love and and well wishes. But you know, it's an introductory episode, man. You know, you got you got to kind of set the stage. You got to tell people what to expect. You know, that was that was a TED talk. You know, people people signed in to hear a comedian. And all I did was was you know kind of uh, give a uh, a a sixty minute expose on what to expect without without really telling you anything. Well, if you are here, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. the The next few episodes are going to be amazing. The uh, we're going to have guests coming on soon. Antagonistic America, you know, th- this is for us to open up the dialogue. As the great David Chappelle said, comedy is the last bastion for rhetoric. All right. Civil discourse is a fancy way of saying debate. It's a conversation. You don't need to agree with everything that I say and just know that if you don't, I appreciate you even more for continuing to listen. Because the more that we listen to each other, the more that we listen to people we disagree with, the more we familiarize ourselves with conflict, the better we're going to be. All right. So let me hit you in the, uh, let me hit you in your theoretical mouth and your mind mouth with, uh, so we're going to talk about some dope topics today. We're going to talk about capitalism. We're going to talk about communism. We're going to talk about gaslighting. We're going to talk about a whole lot of stuff that's normally boring, but we're going to do it in a way that's not. It's gaslighting. You're right, Sandra. It's 100% gaslighting. It's coordinated gaslighting. You know how you know it's gaslighting? When they tell you it's not gaslighting. (laughs) If anybody's ever met a gaslighter, gaslighting's not real. You're just crazy. What's up, Char Farts? Great, great username. What's up, Blowy in the house? Blowy in the house. What up, 6ix9ine Blowy? What up, Sandra? Sandra looking good, girl. Capitalism and the best system in the world brought more people out. Absolutely. Not only that, again, I'm going to talk about this in the next episode, which will come out in a week, but we're going to film it right now. Um, capitalism stopped the very imperialism that it, capitalism ceased the very colonialism that the anti-colonials, the anti-colonists are always so mad about. They don't need, you don't need to take over an entire continent anymore to extract the wealth from it. You just have to put in a Starbucks and a McDonald's, right? Which is so much better because now they actually have to provide value to extract wealth. Capitalism, for all of its ills, is so much better than every other system we have ever come up with, ever. It's not even close. But most capitalists don't explain why capitalism is good because they think it's self-evident. They're like, uh, yeah, have you tried capitalism? It's fucking awesome. It's like you don't need to explain why ice cream is good. Have you tried it? What up, Bob Dylan? Hey, thanks, thanks, Bob Dylan. Appreciate the fire. Rainbow Tarrant said, you ain't never lied. Hell yeah, my man. That's what I'm talking about. Dude, I got some great followers, bro. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Love you. So, I, you know, so you get the kind of the vibe we're yep. going for oh, here. Yeah, and, for sure. Uh, I want to be a little more entertaining than I was there. Um, but, you know, I, I, I really. Yeah. It's kind of laid all out. 
Yeah, I because I, I mean my my whole thing is like especially with guys like Jordan Peterson, like James Lindsay and shit like that, Brett Weinstein, they are talking about such fucking important shit, yeah. but they are so boring. <laughs> yeah. You know, so like even I like, when I uh, yeah, a I, I, guy like you all listen to. I, I, like, I'm trying to figure out a way. Maybe that's my calling, is, like, to distill this shit down into, like, a make, way. Make it fun, too. Yeah, you know, who, who, uh, who uh, like, well, I mean, that's kind of like what Rogan does, right? Yeah, I mean, like, much. you know, Rogan brings on people. So, like, I, I, I hit up, I hit up um, like, 30 people. I, I would like to get to a point where, I don't know anything about Patreon, but I might have to try, oh, yeah, try no, Patreon. Patreon. Yeah, it's, it's very easy. Really? Yeah. Um, Extremely easy. I want to get to a point where, like, I can hire uh, a booker, you know, but right now it's just yeah. me. And it's tough without Twitter because, I mean, I, I might have to, like, do another Twitter. But then even on Twitter when you're starting over you with no followers. Too, four times. Oh, okay. Four times. So. Well, that stinks, man. well, dude, you know what it is, man? Like, I just be, you know, just to be for real, I, I this is what every racist says. I'm not racist, right? But I also don't, I don't treat people Specially, and that's construed right. as racism, right? So, yes. like, if I say, like, if I I say what I said, there's an issue with white nationalism, there's an issue with black nationalism. Right. That that shit gets you banned off Twitter. Right. They they like say there's no such thing as black nationalism, and I'm like, the nation of Islam is more powerful, right? And I'm going to talk about it in, in probably episode three. The nation of Islam, Louis Farrakhan, has more influence today. Than he ever had. Oh, yeah. Ever. There are celebrities that quote him every fucking day. There are people in the NFL. Sure. LeBron James. How can you be bigger than LeBron James? He quotes Minister fucking Farrakhan. Right, right. So, I mean, there's a huge black nationalist movement. Now, I don't necessarily think that it's all bad. I think everything is, is a gray area. But, just like what they did to Trump when they said... Every Trump supporter may not be racist, but what they've by voting or supporting Trump, they've said they're okay with racism, right? Which you know what? You know we're not supposed to group people into yeah, we're not supposed to be stereotypical. But even even take that at face value. Sure. Now I'm just going to turn around and say, everybody who follows Louis Farrakhan doesn't love Hitler, but they follow a man who has on multiple occasions and on record, what he's actually said: Adolf Hitler is a great man. Like, those words. Right. So, you know, and a lot of what he's done in building the Nation of Islam, he mimicked all this shit. They, there's a playbook. There's, if, you, if you ever get a chance, not that you would give a shit about this stuff, but I learned about this stuff in politics. Sure. So there's this book called Rules for Radicals. It's a real book. It's by a guy named Saul Alinsky. And if you read that book, it's very, very short. It's like yeah. 12 rules. It's like Sung Soo for Black Lives Matter. Right. Every fucking thing, everything, okay. every single thing that, that's happened over the last five years, yeah. fucking step by step. And when you, it, it's, it's like, you know, it, it's like the worst fucking red pill moment of all time. It's the worst fucking, when you, when you know the language, when you know the yeah. language of politics, when you know what's being said... And then, really, the big thing is, politicians are just actors. Their words that they're speaking come from think tanks. Think tanks don't hide their opinions whatsoever. You can go on Twitter, and you go check out Justice Democrats today, I will tell you what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez will be saying tomorrow. 
So if you follow the think tanks and you know where they're coming from, the black nationalists, they're on the fucking move right now, bro. They're on the move. And there's a, there's a lot of things that they have done for impoverished black communities. It's the reason why they're popular today. It's been beneficial to a certain group of people. Just no differently than Hitler pulled fucking the Germans out of extreme poverty. What happens next is the problem. You, you know what I'm saying? So now where people think you're crazy, and I'm, I should just say this for the podcast, but where people think you're crazy is by telling people this is going to happen. Well, you're fucking nuts. That would never happen until it fucking happens. Right. <laughs> you know, and by the time you see the, by the time you see the tanks, it's too fucking late. Right. You know, like you're seeing this, like the stop Asian hate thing, right? It's it's all people of color doing it, like outside of two fucking instances, but they're they're marching against white nationalism. Right. Like, there's never a bad time to march against white nationalism, but <laughs> like, this is insane. It's pure insanity. So if really smart people, the question I have to start asking is if really smart people, because there are really smart people pulling the strings here, if they're doing, if they're making asinine statements, like Nancy Pelosi's not a stupid person. No. She's fucking brilliant. Yeah. So if she's saying things like the root of Asian hate is white supremacy, well, what's the goal here? She's not an idiot. No. What's the, you know, these are the questions that need to be asked. You know, and now, now you turn around and, and, and now I'm hearing like people like Jamil Hill say, well, the black people are so impoverished due to white supremacy that it makes them lash out. To me, that's the most racist fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. You're saying black people are fucking, have no agency? You just call black people animals. See that discomfort that you have right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. That's the fucking, that's what I have to figure out a way to make, bring to the podcast Without people turning off. Yeah. So how do I how do I communicate that without? Yeah, you just be yourself. You know? Well, yeah. it made you uncomfortable though. Yeah. Well. You see that, that, that having a guy like you here and then calling out that discomfort is, sure. I think, how sure. yeah. how maybe we'll do it, because then if people are feeling uncomfortable with what I'm saying, me calling out the discomfort might right. be disarming. Well, people think though, so. That's what I'm here for, man. So, yeah, I mean, that that right there, that little interaction we just had, that is the whole fucking crux yeah, of it. Like, how can I how can I broach these very, very, these necessary topics yeah, without, without to like, talk. people getting cringe? Uh, you know, even, like, last night, man, I'm, uh, you know, the gaslighting. I'm watching the NCAA. You know, it's so hard to watch sports anymore because sports used to be an escape from life and now it's just fucking punched in the face with politics everywhere you look. And there's uh, equality all over the floor. Equality, equality, equality. And I'm like, does nobody understand the irony of having equality on the floor of a sport, which is supposed to be the greatest meritocracy in the world, a sport especially where a race that makes up 13% of the population is playing nine of the ten positions on the floor. <laughs> like, 
What's equality of what? What are we talking about? Like, you're not making the point you think you're making here, man. Like, equality would be everybody, as I understand it, everybody in that stadium should should play equal minutes in that game. Should I play equal minutes as Shaquille O'Neal? Like, fuck me. I just, as a former athlete, I just can't wrap my mind around it. I just, you know, the idea of, like, privilege and shit like that. Imagine a guy fucking throws 98 miles an hour, blows it past me. Am I supposed to call fucking timeout and be like, excuse me, admit your privilege? I can't hit that. Like, it's insane to me. It's insane. Like, the concepts are, are, and the concepts were meant, uh, well, I mean, fucking. Save it. Save it. Save it. Yeah. Speaking of, right? What are, what are your what are your thoughts, Ming? What are your thoughts? When when you hear the word capitalism, what what are your thoughts? What's the first thing that comes to you? Well, as a small business owner uh, owning this podcast studio, well, I'm all in favor of it. <laughs> well, no, I think I'm, you know, making money, a you know, free market. Uh, yep, yep. You uh you control your own destiny, you start your own thing and uh hopefully it works out for you. Let me ask you this, do you think America is a capitalist country? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, didn't I, yeah, absolutely. It's not. It's not. All right, it's explain. Not. explain. And that, that's that's what that I think most people out there, I think America at, ha, there was a time where we were capitalist. I think there was a time where we had an ideal. See, I am not an anarchist, and this is something where most people that are libertarian-minded or free market people, they get caught up in, in you know being dis- allowing themselves to be described by the extreme. You're an anarchist. Go live in the woods and make your own materials and sell them to the beavers. No, th- that's called an anarcho-capitalist. That's that's a complete and total volunteer society. Look, I would love that. I would love. You know, for for a society where everybody could just get along and and trade willingly with one another, but we we know that there are are some bad actors out there, and I think government does have a role. Okay, it's just how many times do you have to see government overstep its boundaries? How many times do you have to see corruption before you realize, man, maybe centralization is not where it's at? And that is that is the real that is the real focus of what we're talking about, right? For me, right, what the free market is is just a constant feedback loop. People call it cancel culture. Cancel culture is when something is illegal. This is the main difference. And I have no idea how dummies allow themselves to get caught up in this theoretical argument about cancel culture. If you don't like something and you vocalize your displeasure with something, that is not canceling it. That is feedback. Okay? Canceling something is when you fire somebody, when you limit their ability to earn an income, when you take a product off a shelf, when the government makes something illegal. Now, let's talk about a tough one, all right? Major League Baseball, who I have no love for, no love for whatsoever, they just moved both the draft and the All-Star game out of Atlanta, Georgia, all right? Atlanta, Georgia a city where I believe seven of the last eight mayors are black, all right, a, a population that I believe is almost 65% non-white, they just took $100 million worth of revenue away from them in some sort of protest of, you know, uh, they, 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 the Democrats frame it as a voter restriction, but really it's just they're not letting the Democrats steal elections anymore. Oh, no! Oh, no! They're not letting Democrats steal elections. How is asking for voter ID racist? I've never once in my life heard an answer to why asking for ID is racist. 
All right, because if that's the case, then American Airlines races this out. I've had to show my ID getting onto every airplane ever in my life. United Airlines races as hell. Southwest races. The only airline is Spirit. You don't need you don't need an ID, you don't need a shirt, you don't need shoes. Spirit'll let you sit on the wing, all right? So it, it, the last airline that you could fly that's not racist if showing ID is racist is Spirit Airline. Good for you, Spirit Airline, the most progressive airline in the world at $39 round trip to Orlando. Also, liquor stores, racist as hell. Every time I've had to get a pack of, uh, I would never smoke, of course, that's bad for you. I would never do something like that. I would never. I would never buy any hooch. I would never drink any any beer or anything like that because it's bad for you. And I'm sure in 10 years' time, that'll be the next cancelable thing, Ming. People will go back and they'll watch somebody smoking a cigarette and be like, how dare you? You killed everybody with secondhand smoke. How dare you? What whatever what do we got coming next after Gen Z? Is it Gen A? Are we starting this thing over again? What comes after Gen Z? Because Gen Z is insufferable. Gen Z, there's a few good people in Gen Z, and now I sound like every old stogie of all time. Everybody older than the next generation thinks that generation sucks. But I think we have almost incontrovertible evidence that Gen Z sucks, right? And the worst part about Gen Z to me is is the arrogance. They think they are the smartest people on planet Earth because they have access to information other actual smart people found out. They just have access to it. If you take Gen Z, all right, and you put them out at night, the smartest person out at night, and and, and you, you, you take the ignition starter out of their car, there's no way they can get that car to start. They know nothing about mechanics. There's no way they can find their way home without their phone. If you took somebody born in 1998, you put them out in the middle of nowhere with no phone, they would die. They would die. And, and you know how I know that? Because I would die. If I did not have a GPS, I could not find my way home. I couldn't navigate north, south, east, and west. And we think we're so smart. We think we're the smartest humans to ever live on planet Earth. The Vikings, the Vikings got in freaking 12-foot wooden rowboats and navigated the oceans by the stars. The stars. They took over the entire world in a 12-foot Wooden fucking raft, navigating star to star. I could not find my way home from here 20 minutes away without a GPS. We're not smart. We just have access to technology. We have a genie. We have a, a, my phone is a guardian angel, is a guardian angel everywhere I go. I never have to do anything. I never have to, 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 I just, look at how smart I am. How smart am I, right? My phone died here. I told you it would die, right? Pause because you did something. Yeah. What's up, everybody? So anyway, where was I going before I got on that rant there? Uh, you were talking about how smart you were. <laughs> well, I'm clearly very intelligent. Um, the, yeah, so capitalism, we're going to talk about communism. All right. For, we're going to talk about the corona response and how capitalism and communism... Why are we talking about capitalism and communism today? Because there is a very obvious... uh, As as Sherlock Holmes would say, the game is afoot, right? 
Ming just pulled up capitalism. What What is capitalism? According to dictionary.com, capitalism is an economic and political system in which a country's trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit rather than by the state. Okay? Now, not to be too oversimplistic, but for the sake of, I'm going to try to distill down thousands and thousands of hours of, of boring uh, reading that, that I've done from, uh, uh, now, I've done something that most communists, most self-avowed communists, most self-avowed socialists, I've done something that they've never done. I've actually read the Communist Manifesto. I've actually read Das Kapital. I, for my senior thesis, I did a, a, a paper on Karl Marx uh, and Engels' Das Kapital. All right? And, and the bottom line is, and I, and I mean this with no due respect, Karl Marx is a jealous prick. Karl Marx is a dick. Uh, almost like every other socialist you've ever met, have you serious query? Serious question to all, all my listeners out there, okay? Have any of you ever met a communist that wasn't a complete and total dick? Serious question. Have you ever met a socialist that wasn't a narcissistic asshole? Now, they do this great thing. They do this great parlor trick of making their personal problems seem like society's problems, right? They can't pay their rent, so society has a rent problem, right? It's working for 99% of everybody, but it doesn't work for them, so it doesn't work for anybody. They have this great way of, of turning everything into an existential crisis. These are brats. These are, are man-children. Right? They also seem to think that they have a monopoly on empathy. They are the only good human beings to ever live. They're the only good human beings, and their ideology is the only way forward. Not unlike a, um, not unlike a cult, really, frankly. Where people get into trouble with this conversation about socialism, about communism, is they don't, they think they're speaking, they think they're having a political conversation. Politics are ever evolving. Politics are fluid. Politics are really sales. There's a difference between politics and governing, right? You, you Politics are, are the things people say to get control, and governing are the things people do once they have control, right? And that's a very important distinction to make, right? The politics of something are allowing somebody to sell something. Governing is a whole different thing. Again, we talked about in the last episode the difference between intentions and actions. You could have the greatest intentions in the world, okay? But your actions are ultimately what you should be judged on. For example, Bill Gates. Bill Gates has a polio vaccine that he is trying to to disseminate and and make affordable um, in third world countries who are still experiencing issues with polio. Now, one of the one of the most least reported things in the world, which really should have been uh, hyper reported, is he gave this shot to dirt poor kids in Africa and India when it first came out, and these kids died. He killed thousands of third world children with a rotten vaccine. Now his intentions, I have no doubt he did not want to kill children. 
I have no doubt that his intentions were noble. He's trying to eradicate polio. But the fact of the matter is that vaccine killed those children. So Ming, should he not be held accountable for that? Uh, yes, he should. For death, <laughs> for widespread death, yes. yes. I, uh, sure. I, I, I mean, the, the, the idea that just because, as long as, as long as you're on the left, frankly, as long as you're, you're, you're in the Democrat, the membership, membership has its perks. As long as you're, you're, you're one of the Democrat cool kids, they will excuse anything away. And that, to me, uh, is one one of the things that's going to rip us apart more so than the politics. It's the absence of accountability of action. Thomas Sowell has an unbelievable quote. If you don't know who Thomas Sowell is, all right, since since by now every communist and every leftist has left the podcast, I might as well just speak to you, echo chamber. Uh, <laughs> Thomas Sowell, for those that don't know, and it's a shame you don't know, and, and this is why I think Black History Month is full of shit, canceled, uh, because it's not Black History Month, it's Left History Month. You, you'll you'll hear as much as you can about uh, Baldwin. You, they'll, they'll shove every Baldwin book down your throat because he is, you guessed it, a communist. But nobody knows who Thomas Sowell is. Thomas Sowell is one of the most impressive human beings to ever live. Thomas Sowell is one of the foremost thinkers in American history who just happens to be black. Thomas Sowell actually started as a communist and then became one of the foremost market economists uh, of our time. This is a guy, Thomas Sowell, who's, who's up on the screen there. This is a guy, uh, you want to talk about the self-made of self-made men. This is a dude who grew up penniless in Harlem, uh, became a, a, a veteran in the Korean War, came back, put himself through Harvard, I believe, right? He put himself through Harvard uh, and, and, be, and has written, I think, more than 30, more than 30 best-selling books. But if we were today to go to a school, what does that sound? Is that is that picking up? Okay. Okay, you're good. Cool. So Thomas Sowell, and we'll be able to fix this in post, right? Yeah. So all right. So Thomas Sowell has had more than thirty best-selling books. Yet I would venture a wager. I would put actually probably my my entire net worth on this. All seventy-five cents I have. And I would tell you that if we went to a school during Black History Month, right, by the time you're a senior in high school, that's what, 12 Black History Months that you've had? You've had a Black History Year, okay? In that Black History Year of, of education, which, I mean, is also, you know, asinine that, that you would try to take an entire culture and shove it in the 30 days is nuts. I guarantee you Thomas Sowell has never been taught. I guarantee you, and I guarantee you most of these kids would have no idea who Thomas Sowell is. They would know who Cardi B is. They would know who Baldwin is. right? They would know Coretta Scott King. And all these, all these are fine. These are all good things to know. But you would not know who Thomas Sowell is. They wouldn't know who started Black History Month. Do you know who started Black History Month? I got it. Well, I'm going on. A, I really should have saved this for the, for the next episode. Maybe I'll just do the next episode now. But... Um, Black History Month was started by a historian, Carter G. Woodson. Carter G. Woodson. So not only would, would kids not know who Thomas Sowell is, but they wouldn't know who Carter G. Woodson is. Do you know who Carter G. Woodson is? 
idea. Yeah, nobody does. Carter G. Woodson actually started Black History Month. He was, he was an historian. Problem is, he wasn't on the left. He hated Democrats. Hated them. So we learn as much black history as we can. That's why I say Black History Month, it's been hijacked like everything else. The, the left has a horrible, horrible talent for Trojan horsing extremist ideology behind black oppression. The, 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 the white left, as it were, just has a, a their, their tactics are deplorable. They Trojan horse socialism and communism uh, in, inside, you know, black meat shields. It, it, it's, but that's something that we'll discuss in the next episode. Uh, assuming that that I'm not thrown in jail for that uh, that that thought crime. We can go on, on and on and on and on. Who 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 is the uh, speaking of for next episode? Look it up. If I'm correct, Michael Jordan is the the uh, the the wealthiest black athlete of all time. And the second wealthiest black athlete of all time was a bench warmer, uh, NBA player, who ended up becoming a businessman and ended up owning Jet and BET. I forget the guy's name. But again, huge uh, Republican. So nobody knows him. There it is, Jet and Ebony. Robert L. Johnson. That's him right there. Bob Johnson. If you follow his donations, staunch Republican. Staunch. So again, left history month, not black history month. Why the fuck did I start talking about any of this? I am so far off track with what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> How did we get here? Let's start over. Uh, Thomas Sowell is one of the foremost intellectuals in, in my life. He, he's, he probably more than anybody else has helped form my thinking when it comes to uh, economics and, and socioeconomics, right? Um He's one of the most impressive human beings to ever live. And I guarantee you, okay, this this is why I call Black History Month Left History Month. One, to antagonize leftists. This is antagonistic America. Did I even did I even say the name of the show when when we started? It, it, you can say it again. Just, uh, it won't hurt. <laughs> I'm very I you, professional. I think you did, though. I think you did. I'm very professional here. I'm pretty sure you did. That's we're 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 by the book. We're by the book here at, at, at uh, a shared uh, a shared universe studio. We 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 do things like call numbers. Welcome to Antagonistic America. I'm Gerard Michaels. Your producer over there in the audio booth is Ming. Yeah. So Thomas Sowell has a great quote. All right, and and to me, it really kind of sums up. Uh, uh, cancel culture and, and what what the intellectual dark web calls postmodernism. Uh, it, it's he says we we seem to be moving steadily in the direction of a society where no one is responsible for what he himself did, but we are all responsible for what somebody else did, either in the either in the past or present. Um, and, and that's that's the truth of it. There, there's there seems to be nobody wants to be held accountable for the things that they say and do today, but we're constantly chasing ghosts and writing quote-unquote wrongs of the past and attacking people who can no longer defend themselves. Uh, everybody except Karl Marx, of course. Um, Karl Marx, you know, the, 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 the Jesus of communism, um, 
the 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 god the 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 archangel the the antichrist you know however you want to call him the the father of modern socialism he didn't he didn't create socialism but he he took it to the next level marx and engels was a rabid racist rabid racist awful awful human being on on every possible and conceivable level uh he he, he created an entire ideology of jealousy just because he didn't want to work. The guy never bathed, Ming. He never bathed, all right? So so cancel culture, all right? People get all caught up in this cancel culture, okay? And, and, and it's a trap, okay? The little Nas X demon shoe, guys, you don't like it? Don't buy it, right? The, the, you, you think that it's a horrible thing that, that he is, uh, you know, He's influencing your children. Your children, you should be educating them on what they see. You cannot insulate your children from the world. Okay, you, you you may not want them to see these things. You may not want pop culture to promote these things. That's your job as a parent, a guardian, a mentor to show them uh, right from wrong and allow them to be able to ascertain the information. Anyway, what the fuck? Is somebody literally drag racing out there? Uh, yes, there's a lot of activity out there. What's going on? I My ADD is firing all over the place. And I'll leave you on that for this week. We'll pick it up next week where, where that started. Again, I, I, I started this podcast because it helps me work through my, my personal emotions and my personal hangups. Um, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to help me get a lot off my chest and help me be funny again. But... Uh, I, I thank you guys for listening so much. Um, we're 120 minutes in, and if you're still listening to it, I love you for it. Thank you. We're going to have some great episodes coming up where we're going to keep diving into these, these deep subjects. And, uh, you know, if you can hang with my stream of consciousness, <laughs> then, uh, you know, we'll all be better for it. Uh, hit me up uh, anytime you, you, want, you guys want. Ming, where, where is this podcast going to be? Uh, it'll be on iTunes, Spotify, uh, you know, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. Uh, uh, we got we're rolling video. I, I assume that'll be on YouTube or wherever you haven't been banned yet. <laughs> and uh, yeah, IGTV. Yeah, we can throw this up everywhere. Awesome, man. Well, I thank you guys. Uh, please uh, share with your friends if you're liking it. Uh, we're we're, we're going to keep growing it, and uh, we're going to have guests on the podcast very soon. So if you can. Uh, please, uh, you know, leave a comment of who you'd like to have on the podcast. Leave some questions you'd like us to answer them. And uh, you can also, uh, we may do a Patreon soon. Ming, Ming, we might get a Patreon going. Do the Patreon. We're going to do the Patreon. And I'll tell you what, if you want, if you become a patron, then uh, I'll even I'll even let you uh, suggest future topics for us to talk about. I've got the first five topics that I want to get out. The next episode, uh, we're, we're going to delve. We're going to keep delving into. Um, Capitalism. Uh, we're going to go over over communism, and then we're going to go over uh, you know the, the racial relations in America, white nationalism, white supremacy, black nationalism, nationalism as a whole, as the great George Corlin said. Any any uh, any groups over five, I don't trust. Um, and uh, as I always say, love who you are, love where you're from. This is a great country, folks, and it's worth fighting for, and it's worth keeping. And damn it, China can't have it. <laughs> All right, Gerard Michael signing off. Ming? Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> we'll see you next time, folks. This is the Antagonist of America podcast with Gerard Heron coming to you live from a shared universe studio at the Jersey Shore. Peace.
cool, man. 